So here's a dilemma for the day that involves saving lives. We know that in uh, Judaism, in Torah, to save somebody's life is the greatest and that it overrides many, many other things. Uh, not everything, but many other things. So I was asked an interesting question recently. Somebody asked, how much do you need to risk your own life to save somebody else's life? If let's say you have an opportunity to save somebody's life, however, by doing so, your life is at risk. Are you obligated or even allowed to risk your own life to save somebody else's life? Uh, this, this is a, a fascinating and relevant question, uh, particularly in a time of a pandemic and disease where there are people who, whose lives are on the line, but being involved with saving their life may risk your life. Are you obligated to do that? Are you allowed to do that? Or are you forbidden to do that, to risk your life, to save somebody else's life? Uh, and so it would be in any, any situation. Let's say if you, you see somebody drowning in a rip out in the ocean. So uh, are you allowed to jump in and save them? Obligated to or not allowed to? By doing so, you're risking your life going out into the dangerous ocean. So is that a mitzvah or is that giving up your, yourself and forbidden? So the halakhic authorities have dealt with this, of course. Uh, one of the early ones is, was the Ridvaz. The, the, the Radvaz was, was a halakhic authority of Dov bin Zimri. Um, he, he, he was in the, in the Middle Ages. He writes that um, if, if a risk is not, not, not life-threatening, it's risky, but it's not life-threatening. So then you're, uh, you're allowed to and obligated to endanger your health to save somebody else's life. But he says that risking your life to save somebody else's life is what he calls misguided piety. You're being pious to save somebody else's life. Distinction. Sorry, is there any distinction between a yid and a non-yid when you're saving a life? Well, um... Not necessarily. Sometimes there would be if it's Shabbos or these type of things. But generally speaking, no, we, we save any life um, and, and, and any life needs, needs to be saved. Even on Shabbos where there's a doubt, you, you do the same. So no. Now, from the, from the Radvaz, it seems, we don't risk life. We risk health, but we don't risk life to save another person's life. That's what it seems to say. However, uh, the Mishnah Brura, the Chavetz Chaim, says a little bit differently. Uh, he says that it's true, you shouldn't put yourself in a potentially life-threatening danger in order to save somebody else's life, but you do have to calculate the situation very carefully because sometimes, what does it mean that you're, you're risking your life? Sometimes that risk is not as much as you think it is and you may be overstating that risk in order to avoid the, the risk. Of, of, of jumping in the water. In other words, that guy, his life is definitely like he's got no chance. If you don't save him, he's gone. However, you, you're a better swimmer. You not necessarily uh, is, is the risk so much to you. And so therefore, maybe you're overstating it and saying, well, I'm not going to risk my life to save him. You have to be very careful in the calculation because it could be that your risk aversion is causing improper piety it, that you're being you're being you're not righteous to save yourself rather than to save the other person so he says almost the opposite the radvaz says 
that it's it's in it's misplaced priority to jump in and risk your life to save another person. The Chavetz Chaim says, but you've also got to watch the other extreme, and that is to be so cautious for your own life that you're not going to stretch out to save somebody else. That's also misguided. That's also mis- in- inappropriate. Uh, to to get to give this a bit more clo- clear definition. Uh, there was a halakhic authority who passed away just a couple of years ago. His name was Rabbi Shmuel Vosner. Rabbi Vosner, he, he lived in Bnei Brak. And he clarified this as saying like this, that if the risk to you by jumping in and saving another person is more than a 50% risk, in other words, if the majority of people in this circumstance will not survive, so then you're not allowed to do it. However, if the risk is lower than 50%, if the majority of people in this situation would survive, and there's somebody else who is not going to survive if you don't jump in and save them, so then you've got to take the risk. So if the risk to you is less than 50%, but the other person, their risk is 100%, you're leaving them to die, so then you do have to take that risk to save that other person. An interesting application of this would be to those in the medical professions or in emergency response. They are putting themselves on the line or in a place of risk all the time. And so if we would say this calculation, that being at 50% risk or more, you don't go there, so then what doctor would would heal a patient who is contagious? Or You can take all the precautions you want, but the risk is certainly there. Uh, and... And what emergency service would go into a fire to, to save people or into, into, into a dangerous situation to, to save people when the risk to them is, is quite high? Uh, is it more than 50% or not? Well, it's, it's hard to, to, to analyze. But you would think that people in that circumstance on a daily basis are putting themselves on the line. The risk is way higher. This was also dealt with by a modern halakhic authority, the, uh, the, the Tzitz Eliezer lived in Israel, Rabbi Yezav um, Waldenberg. And he said that doctors have a higher level of responsibility to save lives because that's the job that they took. By choosing to be a doctor or a Hatzalah member, an a, a emergency service person, a, fi- a fire person, you have chosen a job that involves risk. That's what you're trained for. That's what you're paid for as well. And so therefore, you've taken on that extra risk as a responsibility, and therefore you do have to take that risk. Of course, that doesn't mean going on a suicide mission to save somebody, but taking the, the correct precautions, going through the, the correct protocols, you are in a, a job that takes more risk. And therefore he says, because you've taken upon that responsibility, you also are given extra divine protection that, that you'll, you'll, you'll be okay. And so therefore, with an element of faith and keeping in mind the fact that you're paid to do that job, a doctor, a nurse... Anyone who's, who's on the front line of, of saving people's lives, they do have to take more risk than the general public. And they will, God willing, be protected for it. So, therefore, when it comes to saving life, you can risk your life to save another if, um, if, the, if the, uh, the percentages are high for you or if you've got the backing of being a doctor, you have ex- extra divine uh, protection. Now... This all is based on a Talmudic discussion where the Talmud says that uh, if two people were in the desert, this is in the Bava Metzir, in, in page 62a, if two people were walking in a, in a desert and there was only one jug of water that one of them had, one of them had a jug of water, the other one had no water. Now, the situation is 
that if both share this jug of water, then they'll both die. It's not enough water for them to survive um, the, the, the day in the desert. If one of them drinks, then that will allow him to keep walking and he'll reach settlement, he'll, he'll reach safety. But of course, by him drinking it, the other one is not going to make it. So what do you do? What do you do if you are the one holding that jug of water? Is this where it goes, So it's not... Almost, almost that. Almost, a slight, slightly different verse. So, so there was one sage, Ben Pesora, who said, that it's better for, for them both to drink and die. Share it and both die, rather than one of them keep it and watch the other guy die. That's what Ben Pesora said. However, that, that, was, that was accepted until Rabbi Akiva came along. Rabbi Akiva came... And said, no, the verse says, which means that your brother shall live with you. That's the verse quoted. With you means that you have to look after your life first. A very important principle in halacha. You have to look after your life first before looking after somebody else. And so therefore, you, your life takes precedence over, over the other person's. You have to drink the water, even if that means the other person is going to die. Now, you're not killing him, but you're holding on to your water. And, and, and doing such a thing allows him to die, but you have to look after your life first. And this is a general principle that, that we have an obligation to save and, and maintain our own life. Each person has to look after their own life. Now, and adding a, a, another layer to this question. Well, what if they both had a jug of water? Two guys, they both have a jug of water each. However, it's not enough. One jug is not enough to survive. You need two jugs of water to be able to get through the day and get to where you need to go. One jug is not enough. So, is it, are they allowed? Are they them allowed to steal the other guy's jug in order to survive? If Chayecha in my life comes first, well, I've got a bottle of water, but it's not enough for me to live. Can can I steal the other guy's bottle in order to live? Now, at first glance, one would think that you should be able to do that. Because we know that, that uh, to, for life, to, to save one's life, you can transgress other prohibitions. Uh, are you allowed to steal to save your own life? Interestingly, the Talmud Bava Kama says a statement that you're not allowed to save yourself with another person's property. Sounding like you're not allowed to steal to save yourself. However, the sages explain that as saying meaning... You've got to buy it from them. If you are in a situation, let's say you're in the desert and the, the only water that's available is somebody else's water. So you, you can steal that water, but you have to pay for it. You don't have money now, you pay later. But you can take the water, meaning without permission, to save your life, but you do have to pay for it later. You have to pay for any damage you cause or, or anything you take. You can't save yourself with somebody else's property, meaning you have to pay for that property that you take. That's talking about uh, stealing for, for, to save your life. Would that apply here when the other guy's got a bottle of water? I got a bottle of water, but one bottle's not enough to survive. I'll take his so I can survive. Okay, he's going to die, but my life comes first. And stealing in order to save a life, your, your own life, is, is, is permissible. I'll pay him maybe for it. What's that going to help? But uh, is, that, is that all right? The answer is no. Because here it's not just stealing, it is also murdering. By taking his bottle of water, you're actually murdering him. Even though 
You could argue, hang on a minute, that's not murdering him. He's only got one bottle of water. We established that one bottle of water is not going to be enough for him to get to settlement, to, to be able to survive. You're stuck in the middle of the desert. One bottle is not enough. Two would be enough to get you there, but one bottle is not enough. So therefore, he's a dead man anyway. This guy is going to die with his one bottle of water. I have no obligation to give him my bottle and die. That we said, because my life comes first. So why shouldn't I grab his bottle and at least I'll survive and, and, and he won't, but he's a dead man anyway. I've saved myself and not him. Why would that be considered murder? So for this, we would go to Ramosha Feinstein, uh, the great Allahic authority of the last century, who he, in his, in his writings on, uh, in, in his Igris Moshe, he writes about uh, medical ethics. And he speaks about the case where somebody is uh, unwell. They could be treated in a way that their life would be prolonged, but they're going to die anyway. There's no, there's no medical way to save their life. Do we treat a patient who is going to die anyway? And he says that, yes, we do. We do, uh, we do treat such a patient in a certain way. He differentiates between uh, withdrawing treatment or withholding treatment. That to take away treatment that they have, for example, if a, if a patient is on, an, on a, a ventilator, you can't just take it off and let them die, uh, if that will immediately kill them. Um, however, you don't have to put them on the ventilator or put them on a life support system to, ex- ex- to, to ex- extend their life. You cannot shorten somebody's life, even if they're bound to die. You can't do an act to shorten their life. Uh, you don't need to prolong their death either, necessarily. In fact, he comes up with an interesting uh, uh, solution to this, that if somebody is on their deathbed and giving them a ventilator uh, will, will prolong their life somewhat, but, but, but they're going to die anyway. He said you can have the ventilator on a timer that gives them oxygen and then takes it away and then see how long they, they, they are able to survive without it. If they're able to survive and you could extend their life, so then put it back on. But if not, if they're going to die anyway, so then... It was passive. It was not active. You didn't. You didn't withdraw um, the the uh, um, the treatment from them. And so the the bottom line, what we get from here from Ramosha Feinstein is that even temporary life, even somebody who's not going to survive, but they're going to live a bit longer. You cannot take away the basic needs that they have in order to allow them to live even that short amount of time. And so here as well, when the two guys in the desert, by one of them taking the other guy's bottle, maybe he's going to die anyway. But you're quickening that death by taking away his bottle. You can't do that. You're not allowed to do such such a thing. And so therefore, in in such a case where two guys have one bottle each, so then they drink their bottle and they they pray and hope and maybe some miracle will happen, but you can't kill the other guy to to save his life. He can't can't do such a thing. Uh, Those who are in the the medical professions should be blessed with protection for for the the holy work they do of saving lives and, uh, and, and... they should they should be successful in, in all that they do. I mean.